Blog Talk Radio. Hello and welcome to the Aesthetic Insider Radio. Today we have Dr. Joshua Creighton on the interview with us. Dr. Creighton is a board-certified plastic surgeon who practices at Holcomb Creighton Plastic Surgery and Med Spa in Sarasota, Florida. Dr. Creighton is a renowned expert in body contouring techniques and, in particular, um, techniques that really help with a mommy makeover. For many of us, diet and exercise alone cannot always remove stubborn areas of fat from the body. And in the case of new moms or older moms, um, the body changes after pregnancy. And so today we are going to go right into what the new techniques are to really help with a mommy makeover and, um, and then continue with some of the other newer cellulite, liposuction, laser lipolysis, and other great techniques available just generally for a more sculpted physique. Dr. Creighton, welcome to Aesthetic Insider Radio. Yes, thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Well, let's just, I'm really curious, you know, I'm a mom myself, and I know we have loads of moms that listen into the show, and so I really, you know, do want to know with a mommy makeover what, you know, typically is included um, in that type of a procedure. Sure. Well, the mommy makeover is a phrase for one of my areas of expertise, and that's helping women uh, restore or reconstruct their physical form to looking as good as it looked before having pregnancies. So uh, most women who have children, there's some stretching effect on the abdomen and perhaps some weight gain and some issues uh, with the breasts, either loss of volume or some drooping. Uh, So uh, the mommy makeover is a term for usually uh, multiple procedures to help to uh, my patient uh, to get their body back in shape, basically. So in terms of the actual procedures, it typically includes either a tummy tuck of the abdomen uh, and or some liposuction, and then usually something with the breasts, either breast augmentation and or a breast lift. Interesting. Now, I know, you know, obviously not all moms are the same, and, and you know, and I would even imagine if there's multiple births in twins or, you know, that's added stretching of the abdomen or adding stretching of, of, the, t- of the skin. Um, so maybe let's just start with talking about the tummy, which I, I think for most moms is is the first area of, of concern is, you know, after the baby or even several months or even years after, after having children, um, the abdomen just doesn't always want to go back to the pre-pregnancy. Snap back, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so let's let's talk a little bit about, you know, abdominal um, surgery and you know perhaps even down to stretch marks. I mean, I don't know if there's something there that you you do, but let's talk about the tummy area first. Well, the first thing that always amazes me is the variety of different uh, anatomy that I see. I see some women after having children uh, almost look like nothing ever happened to their body. They you know have their skin's still tight and toned and no stretch marks and no relaxation of the muscles. And then on the other end of the spectrum, uh, there's some women that literally their abdomen almost falls apart, so to speak, after pregnancy. And there's a lot of different factors that go into that. There's genetics and age and how someone takes care of themselves. Although on average, after having a child, uh, there's going to be some stretch marks, uh, some stretching of the skin, and then something called a diastasis. And what the diastasis is, there's two muscles 
that go up and down the abdomen. They're called the rectus muscles. And usually they're situated in the center grouped together. However, when a woman has a child, and as that child expands and gets larger, those muscles can stretch apart. And in some women, they stretch apart to the point that after pregnancy, it still looks as perhaps they are three or four months pregnant because the muscles are not where they should be in the center anymore. So part of the tummy tuck procedure, what I do in my area of expertise uh, is removing the extra skin and then also tightening that muscle back together, almost like an internal corset. Oh, interesting, interesting. Now, is there ever any um, like case of hernia that can come with with a pregnancy that has had you know such extreme stretching of those muscles? Um, Yes, there can be a a hernia. Uh, The most common hernia is by the belly button. And so I'd say perhaps I see that about 10% of the time. And, you know, those little tiny hernias can be fixed at the time of the tummy tuck, especially when the muscles are sewn back together in the center called the diastasis repair. Uh, Another thing with the tummy tuck procedure uh, is the belly button. So a lot of times there will be skin that's hanging over the belly button or the belly button gets a unusual shape. So when I do a tummy tuck procedure, um, I use the old belly button, but then I bring it out through a new hole or scar in the abdomen. So I have this really nice technique where the belly button looks very natural afterwards. Mm, interesting. Yeah, I've, I have seen pictures. It's almost like there's a little hood over the over the belly button. Correct. Yes, yeah, yeah, so it's kind yeah. of an anatomical shaped belly button, how it's supposed to look. Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. And then... Um, you know, with like obviously there's there's going to be some kind of a scar when you do a tummy tuck, um, and and I mm-hmm. think you know those obviously would change from patient to patient. Um, is that scar pretty much you know imperceptible after the procedure? Um, can you see it? Well, I would love to say it's imperceptible. Uh, you know, there is a scar, and that that's part of the trade-off of the surgery. I design the scar to be as low as possible. Uh, typically, it'll go from hip to hip, and it's mi- located so that it can be hidden by underwear or bikini bottom. And the oh, scar okay. does fade over time. It, it lightens, and it's typically a thin little line. Uh, yeah. So uh, it definitely you know, improves to the point, but the, there is a scar there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, like you said, it's a trade-off, and... I guess it's for many women, you know, like if it's hidden within the bikini, uh, the underwear, you know, then um, at least, you know, they, they they look great when they've got their bikini on versus, you know, not feeling as great as they want to um, if they don't have the procedure. So let me ask you then, um, and then in, in terms of, uh, you know, other procedures that make up the, the mommy makeover, um, what would be the next most, you know, kind of common aspect? So typical uh, with the tummy tuck also would be a procedure with the breasts. Uh, and the most common one is a breast augmentation in conjunction with the tummy tuck. And so those two procedures can be done at the same time. And then with the patients, like the mommy makeover patients, um, and again, I'm sure it varies from patient to patient, but is there any kind of typical time frame after having, ch- having a child that, that a woman would come in for a mommy makeover? Uh, great question, yes. So uh, the first uh, factor would be that the, that patient or woman be done having children, obviously. Uh, and then I usually recommend uh, that 
you know, hopefully most women are now breastfeeding their children. So uh, I usually recommend to have these procedures typically at minimum three to six months after they've stopped breastfeeding their children. Okay, okay. Is there a reason for that length of time? Um, does the body need time to kind of settle into its new shape? Or? Well, mostly, uh, you know, a lot of women, in order to lose kind of their baby weight, so to speak, get in the best shape they can. Uh, and then also, particularly with the breasts, that uh, that period of time needs to pass so that there's no more milk being generated by the breast tissue. So, uh, And also, the breast goes through a transformational period where after three to six months, that's pretty much how they're going to look, and that allows me to make the best plan possible in terms of uh, breast augmentation and or breast lift. Okay. You know, and I'm really glad that you said, you know, that it's once a, a woman realizes, you know, I'm done having children, you know, and, and then they allow their body the length of time um, because, of course, it wouldn't make sense to kind of rush right out after your first child and have mm-hmm. a tummy tuck if you're going to have three or four more children <laughs> down the road. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And then um, for these procedures that we're talking about, um how long is surgery, and and what is the recovery? Okay, like? so yeah, that varies from procedure to procedure. Um, for example, if I'm doing a tummy tuck procedure, on average, that's going to last about three hours. Uh, if I'm doing a breast augmentation, that's uh, an hour and a half to two hours. And then if I'm doing a breast lift in conjunction with that, that could be uh, three hours. So, uh, you know, these procedures, these mommy makeup procedures, they can be lengthy and be a six-hour operation. Uh, so uh, I do these procedures uh, in the hospital, usually at Lakewood Ranch Medical Center. Uh, it's done with anesthesia. And I usually have my patients stay overnight, uh, mostly for pain control and, and safety issues. Uh, my patients have a little button they can hit for pain, uh, and normally they stay in the women's center uh, where the nurses are very attentive. Uh, and that way, uh, you know, the, uh, their significant other or family member doesn't have to take care of them that first night. We have qualified people. Uh, and then normally go home the next day uh, and, you know, on oral pain medication. So uh, in terms of the surgery, uh, you know, it just depends, you know, from uh, length of time. Uh, and then uh, there's, you know, obviously a recovery period with all these operations. Uh, and so on average, it's pretty sore for a couple of days uh, and then feeling pretty good within the first week. Uh, however, two to four weeks before heavy lifting, aerobics, heavy housework, things like that. Yeah, and that makes sense because, I mean, again, the stomach... Um, you know, if you are tightening those muscles, you know, and you have an incision there, of course that's an area that, you know, you don't want to be lifting or exercising or weightlifting, <laughs> you know, even, you know, like you said, aerobics, um, because I would imagine you don't want to put any tension or any undue tension on that area um, as long as possible, really. So is four weeks a good is a good number to say that about a month after surgery they can relatively get back to resuming normal activities? Yeah, exactly. I'd say a full four weeks before normal full exercise, uh, you know, lengthy traveling, um, heavy housework, gardening, things like that. So yeah. although, you know, usually within the first week, driving a car, walking, you know, doing normal things. Okay, okay. Now, would you say um, that this is one of the more life-changing surgeries you perform? Um, 
And where does that fit into the, the scale of life-changing procedures? Now, uh, I guess define what you mean by life-changing procedures. I mean, is it changing someone's life? Well, I think, you know, in terms of uh, this being, you know, the mommy makeup being reconstructive, uh, you know, helping someone kind of get back to where they were before having children, I, definitely that can be life-changing. You know, yeah. certainly for some women, you know, the the body takes a big toll after pregnancy, the stretching and the, you know, the issues with gravity. So, um, you know, I feel you know fortunate that I can use my artistic and creative and physician skills uh, to help my patients kind of get back to where they were, feel good about themselves, and and give them you know the best foot forward in terms of, you know, after having all their children. Yeah, and I guess, you know, it's, it's not like, you know, life-changing in terms of, you know, restoring blindness and a person can see again, but I think life-changing in terms of helping a person just feel really good about themselves after. Yes, and again, absolutely. You know, it, it would vary, and you're right, I mean, some of my friends, that you know, they look like they never had children, and then others, you know, in comparison, are just like, oh, my God, what happened to me? <laughs> you know, I had no idea my body would would look this way after, you know, and having a child, um, so everybody is different. Yeah, and also, you know, I do similar procedures um, with uh, weight loss patients. So, you know, mommy makeover patients and you know, people that have had gastric bypass or lap bands and lost 100, 150 pounds. Uh, and so the similar procedures with the tummy tuck and the breast lift and also with liposuction, which we really haven't talked too much about yet, um, is, it is really a transformative operation uh, to help you know, someone kind of look the way they want to look but also feel the way they want to feel. Yeah. You know, now let me ask you, because again, I know this varies from patient to patient, but during a, a mommy makeover procedure, because it is, as you said, kind of a longer procedure, if the patient, you know, required some liposuction, um, some other procedures, would you do that at the time of the mommy makeover? Or? Yes, yes. So um, liposuction is uh, one of the more common procedures I, I do um, and also is part of the mommy makeover procedure. So if someone, for example, has some love handles or some extra fat in their back, um, you know, I'll also do some liposuction during the entire procedure where I'm doing the tummy and the breast and so forth. So it is often part of a mommy makeover doing the liposuction operation. And now, you know, I do know with, you know, the treatments that we've kind of mentioned, the tummy tucks and the liposuction, you know, that there, um, there's these procedures that also apply to people who are not mommies. Um, is there anything else on the mommy side that we haven't covered in terms of, you know, what are important uh, mm -hmm. for a mommy makeover before we go into those other treatments? Well, there's one other issue that I think sometimes is exacerbated by pregnancy, uh, and it's called cellulite. And so a lot of women have some cellulite, which is some dimpling normally on the back of the legs or the buttocks. And uh, when a woman is pregnant, uh, they'll often gain anywhere from, let's say, 15 to... 75 pounds, and that extra fat can make those that cellulite look worse. Mm -hmm. So I have a couple different uh, devices in my office that I effectively can treat cellulite, um, one called Cellulase and the other called Cellfina. Uh, the Cellulase is a laser, 
and helps to tighten the skin and break up some adhesions and melt some of the fat, uh, which is very similar to liposuction. And then the other treatment I have is called Selfina, w- uh, which can be done under local anesthesia, uh, which just deals with kind of popping out the dimples, uh, which has been very effective. So it's a couple other procedures maybe that I won't necessarily do during the mommy makeover procedure, but certainly uh, something I can do in my office uh, as an outpatient procedure to help uh, mothers you know, get their legs and buttocks areas looking better if they have cellulite. Mm, interesting, yeah. Now, let's kind of go into, you know, non, non-mommies who would come in for other surgical, uh, other uh, types of body contouring procedures. Um, you know, because I know there's been a lot of advancement made, you know, for the arms, or you mentioned the back, as well as, you know, the hips and the thighs and love handles in men, particularly, I would imagine. Um, you know, what are you doing to kind of treat those areas? Well, uh, sometimes those areas are treated with liposuction. Um, I have a device called Smart Lipo. Uh, which is a laser, and uh, the laser helps to melt the fat and, and tighten up the skin over a period of time. Uh, and then you know, part of the liposuction procedure, obviously, is aspirating or removing the fatty tissue. So oh, okay. uh, and some, some patients you know, with larger areas of fatty excess, uh, the, the smart lipo, the laser uh, procedure, works very, very well. Uh, and then we have some non-surgical uh, treatment options in our office, uh, one called Cool Sculpting and the other called Sculpture. And and how does Cool Sculpting and Sculpture work? Uh, so uh, really amazing technology, uh, and they use kind of two diametrically opposing forces. Uh, the Cool Sculpting uh, is a machine that delivers cold energy, and so there's an applicator to put on the skin, uh, and the cold energy literally goes through the skin and then freezes the fat cells. Uh, and then over time, the fat cells absorb over a period of two to six months. Uh, and, you know, that area, whatever is being treated, uh, you know, there's a reduction and, you know, there's loss of fatty cells and, uh, you know, tightening uh, of the, the fatty tissue. Um and then the sculpture uh, uses a laser energy uh, to heat up the skin and the fat. And then over time, that, those fat cells are also absorbed. So we have a, basically a cold treatment and a heat treatment. And you know, probably your next question is, you know, what is the difference or why would you use one versus the other? <laughs> um, yeah. And so um, the cool sculpting uh, device is more for larger areas. For example, if someone has you know, a lot of fatty tissue in their tummy, there's a larger applicator and can be used, you know, kind of over a larger area. Um, Whereas the sculpture is more designed for kind of spot treating smaller areas. Um, For example, if there's a love handle or an issue with some tissue on the outer thigh and so forth. So um, we have a specialist here in our office uh, her name is Kimberly, uh, one of our nurses, and she's just a, a, literally a wizard at uh, using these uh, machines to help our patients, uh, you know, kind of battle the bolts. Okay. And then, yeah, then let's talk about patients, you know, for all, you know, we've talked about the mom and the, the mommy makeover, and we kind of understand that patient, but for, for the non-mommy makeover patients, um, who is the ideal candidate for these kind of surgical and non-surgical body contouring procedures? Well, 
uh, I see you know, a variety of different patients. And so typically it's someone, for example, for the mommy makeover patient, uh, it's uh, a woman who's uh, done having her children and really has done their best to get in the best shape they can. Uh, and, you know, at that point, the issues that they have are uh, with perhaps some excess skin uh, or issues with, uh, you know, some drooping of the breast or loss of volume. Uh, so healthy patients, non-smokers, uh, and uh, people who are motivated uh, to, you know, want to look their best. Uh, so, you know, on the flip side, you know, people that aren't good candidates are uh, patients that are overweight uh, or have major medical problems. And so I have kind of a litmus test as to when someone's ready for surgery, and it's based on something called BMI or body mass index. Uh, and so uh, typically I want my patients to have their BMI uh, 30 or under. Uh, so, you know, if someone comes in overweight, uh, you know, certainly, you know, it's not that we won't do the surgery, but we'll work together to get their body mass index closer to a normal level. And the reason for that is um, I found that, you know, p- patients who are, you know, overweight uh, have higher rates of complications and have issues with healing and, you know, perhaps issues with, you know, satisfaction of the results. So, you know, certainly the, the ideal patient is someone who's in the best shape they can be coming into the operation. They're going to heal better, yeah. be happy with the results. Yeah, and I think that's a great way of actually, you know, thinking about it is it's it's not ideal just in terms of, you know, your ideal, but it's ideal in terms of what is safe for the patient. And I would imagine Absolutely. if you get their, their BMI down to what is a really a, a safe or, you know, you say a normal level, but it's a, it's a level that is will make the procedure safer for them. Um, you know, and I, I have kind of, you know, seen or heard of, of you know, problems, you know, people run into problems when they've had the massive, you know, weight, weight liposuction and are people looking at this as a way to lose weight when it's really not, it's mm-hmm. a way to contour the body after you've lost the the excess weight. Exactly. These operations are really not designed for weight loss. They're designed to recontour the body. And then another thing I want to say, you know, living here in the southwest of Florida, our offices in Sarasota, um, you know, I we use the, the term mommy makeover, um, although I also will, you know, use the term grandmother makeover. Um, oh. <laughs> you know, we have a, a diverse, you know, age population here. And uh, I, I've been really, I'm originally from Pennsylvania, uh, I've been really impressed uh, with our 60 and 70, you know, even up to 80-year-old uh, patients because uh, there's just been much more of a trend of, of people taking care of themselves, uh, you know, up in the, those upper decades, uh, eating healthy, exercising. Uh, and so, you know, I do see patients, you know, for these kind of mommy makeovers in their 60s even. Uh, and so, uh, you know, in terms of the ideal candidate and safety, you know, obviously, you know, people have, you know, medical issues as they age. Uh, so in that patient population range, uh, you know, we'll get a medical clearance or cardiology clearance uh, prior to their surgery just to make sure that they're in the best shape as possible. Hmm, that's great. That's great. And uh, let me just ask a little bit, you know, because, um, again, you you know, you are based in uh, kind of a, a beach community and, um, you know, uh, people 
a very body conscious, you know, I'm in California and I do see it here in the beach communities that, you know, people of all ages are very body conscious and they're very health conscious and, um, you know, are there any um, methods that you use for perhaps a patient who is already in good shape but wants to be have a more sculpted physique in terms of a six-pack abdomen or, you know, more mm-hmm. contouring of all the parts? Do you offer procedures for that? Uh, great question. And so, you know, a six-pack ab is pretty tough, you know, as the surgeon <laughs> to create. You know, that I usually, you know, will recommend, you know, my patients to go see, you know, my personal trainer and, uh, you know, work on some core exercises and, you know, the, the appropriate type of nutrition to get to that, you know, low level of body fat that someone have a six-pack ab. Um, but with that being said, you know, certainly – you know, I can do, you know, some, you know, non-invasive or minimally invasive procedures like cool sculpting, sculpture, uh, smart lipo to reduce the areas of fatty excess on the abdomen, the love handles, the flanks, give someone an hourglass shape, uh, you know, really get things as flat as can be. Uh, and then certainly, you know, it's up to the patient to maintain those results with healthy lifestyle choices. But also, you know, getting to that six-pack ab look, uh, you know, certainly that takes, you know, you know, some of my technique uh, and expertise, but it's also on to the patient to, you know, get their body fat level down to the level where you can see their muscles in that kind of definition. Yeah. You know, certainly really everyone like... would love to have six-pack abs. And, mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> yes, absolutely. You know, uh, and I wish I had some magic wand and could just make that happen for everyone, but it certainly is a partnership between myself and my patient to get yes. them to looking the way they want to look. And, and like you said, it's also a continued dedication on the part of the patient because you know you can you can do so much, but then they have to continue with the you know quite intensive core training, especially in, in the the six pack. I mean, it's in, it's not easy to get one in the first place, <laughs> you know, and, and to keep it, I would imagine, is just as difficult. And actually, you know, that's one thing with my mommy makeover patients, you know, a lot of them where they have this diastasis where those muscles are actually pulled apart. So uh, doing that diastasis repair during the tummy tuck procedure, uh, that can really help, you know, someone's definition of their abdomen, uh, and particularly, you know, in terms of working towards that that six-pack ab, uh, that diastasis repair is critical in terms of a surgical option. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then let's um, just, you know, we've got a couple of minutes left here on the show. And, you know, we have talked about downtime and and, um, that. We haven't talked so much about results and and how to maintain the result after surgery or after the non-invasive procedure. And what can a patient do to really keep, you know, what you have created for them? Uh, that's a great question. And so you know, I take a holistic approach to healing uh, with my patients. And so you know, we re- really look at all the factors. Um, we provide our patients uh, with some uh, surgical vitamins so that they have the adequate supplements and vitamins to heal because the body requires uh, a lot more uh, me- metabolically uh, through the healing process. Uh, and then, uh, you know, we make certain nutritional recommendations in, in terms of, you know, what to eat and uh, increasing protein amounts. Uh, and then in terms of the, you know, actual operative sites, 
um, you know, the patients come back a few times uh, afterwards. Uh, we go through the dressing changes. Uh, often we'll instruct the patients in some massage therapy to help with the swelling, uh, have them wear compression garments, uh, and, you know, basically ramp up their activity level over, you know, a two- to four-week period. Uh, and then, you know, obviously uh, instruct them uh, on, uh, you know, appropriate lifting restrictions and so forth. Uh, so, you know, I really take kind of an overview and, you know, literally hold my patients by the hand uh, so that they get the best results as possible. No, that's fantastic. And I do think that's many of it is, is obviously the more informed the patient is about the, you know, the things that they have to do, um, the, the better result overall and the happier the patient will be with the procedures. Absolutely. Uh, you know, as I say uh, to most of uh, my staff, friends and family, it's my job to keep everyone happy all the time. Yes, yes. <laughs> and looking as good as possible. <laughs> that's great. Yes. Oh, well, Dr. Grayson, it's been such a pleasure to have you on the show. And so for Likewise. you know Thank uh, you for having me. Ah, no, absolutely. Then you know, for the you know, for people listening in, um, what is the best way for them to reach you if they have any questions or, you know, want to come in and get a mummy makeover? So our phone number to our office, which is located on Main Street in Sarasota, uh, our phone number is nine four one three six five eight six seven nine. Nine four one three six five eight six seven nine, and then our website, where I have a lot of my before and after pictures and uh, information about the procedures, is www.sarasota-med.com. Great, well, Dr. Grayson, thank you so much for being on the show. And then for those people that are listening in on AestheticInsider.com, we will also have uh, links to this show as well as before and after pictures from Dr. Creighton and, uh, you know, interesting editorial about, about these procedures. And, and then again, for more information and to contact Dr. Creighton, you can go to www.sarasota-med.com. Dr. Creighton, thank you so much. I look forward to having you as a guest on Aesthetic Insider Radio once again in the future. Thank you. Have a wonderful rest of the day. You too. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.